Coming up on today's episode of the Hey Girlfriend Podcast. It's not okay to go in with that mindset that everyone you meet is going to be potentially your husband. And I think sometimes when we go in with that mindset, like, you know, oh, I got to meet the one. I feel like with that mindset, you're already going in with an insecure, anxious attachment. You're already attached. I feel like we be knowing our worth. I feel like we do. Because why else would, would we be trying to prove ourselves so hard? It's like we just want get them to see it. And I think it's because of the inner wounded child once again. It's like we don't know how to accept that. It's like we feel a direct hit to have someone to not see what we are trying to see in ourselves. And it's like a direct hit. Like you don't think I'm special too? Like what's going on? Like I'm a good woman. Just let me show you. Like mm-mm. Because what I find is that it's not they they it's not that they don't know your worth, they don't value it. So it's never really about you not being good enough, although it can feel like that. I think we internalize that is a is a our is a us problem, but it's not. It's really a dim problem. It's really a mismatch. It's really incom incompatibility. But we're taking it is that it's something deeper, but it's not. Mm-mm. Detached dating, boo-boo. Date like a bad bitch. Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there is someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable. Hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach, Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey. From surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to the Hey Girlfriend podcast. I'm your host, Kendall D. All right, so today's podcast topic is going to be, as you see from the thumbnail, on detached dating or how to date basically in my words how how to date like a bad bitch so you know if you have any type of ill feelings towards the b-i-t-c-h word then just use your own word but me i like to consider it like thinking like well dating like a bad bitch you know because i don't know i just like that terminology as y'all know i have a bad bitch playlist which is on apple and spotify it's just like an alter ego just the inner me that just makes me feel super confident so i just love saying like a bad bitch but yeah but anyway i'm not gonna sit here and explain that I'm not gonna get, that's not the point but <laughs> detached dating is what this is gonna be on to me Detached dating is dating without, I don't want to say anxious attachment. That's not what I'm looking for. No, that's not what I'm looking for. What am I? 
detached dating basically dating without being so focused on the outcome it's more so just dating for enjoyment is what i like to consider it and it's detached meaning you're detached until you can securely attach because you won't always be able to tell that in the beginning so you have to take your time and then you'll realize okay now i can securely attach to this person they'll show me who they are but I'm going to get into more of what it means. I'm going to give you my tips that can help you to do better in the dating world. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. None of these tips are going to replace the fact that the dating pool is not the best. I hear y'all know a lot of y'all have a lot of issues with dating. And it's just hard meeting someone to meet all your standards. I get all that. So, this is basically not to change that, but to change how. Well, I can't change that. Basically to change how you date so that you can date and have a better experience and whatnot. But I got a list as I always do. I'm just going to go down the list. And these things, I, I, if I have a story for any of the tips that helped and how it helped me, I'll give it. Because you know I always do. I always give my accounts of things because that's why, it's, you know, my Instagram is I've been that girl. So... Y'all yeah, know I always give, you know, personal experiences with anything I say. So, if I can have a story to tell, I'm going to tell it with it so that you can see how this kind of like works in action. Because I'm a, before I get into that, actually, let me tell you how it was with me dating before I learned how to date. If that makes sense? Like, when I was in those toxic relationships and whatnot, which was all through my 20s, I actually never really dated. It was just like someone liked me and I liked them back. Simple as that. And yeah, I never really dated. And so after coming out of all of that, I had to kind of learn how to do that. And that was through trial and error, basically. Like, I mean, dating the better quality guys, they may have not been D1, but they were better quality than the toxic men that I fell for. It's like I learned how to spot men like that from a mile away. So yeah, I'm going to give you my tips because yeah, I... Didn't have a not so good dating life at the end. My dating life got better as I took the lessons and I learned as I went. And I seen, okay, so this is what works. This is how this goes. I need to do it this way. So, yeah. Let's get into these steps. The number one thing is kind of what I already said. What detached dating is, is not dwelling on the outcome. Like, I almost want to say, dare I say it. Don't date for marriage. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. So, yes, it's okay to want marriage. But no, it's not okay to go in with that mindset that everyone you meet is going to be potentially your husband. Not even if they say they are. Not even if they come in. Because that right there is a red flag. If they come in saying already that, oh, you're going to be my, my wife or whatnot. I've heard... A few exceptions to this, a few stories to where they're like, yeah, he knew right away I was going to be his wife and he told me. It's a few, but even still then, if he is genuine, you don't know that yet. And if you don't know that particularly for sure yet, that means you have to wait it out. Keep checking for their actual actions. Keep checking to see if they're inconsistent. I mean, they're actually consistent. And that takes time. You know, you're not going to tell someone's consistent 
like within a few weeks, not even really a month. You got to give it time to see, you know, okay, this is someone that I may want to marry and give it more and more time. But I feel like when you, when you really, really just date for fun and you really date to get to know them, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to say like you're dating to get to know them. You can have, you know, of course, that you want marriage in the back of your mind. You can know that that's ultimately what you want. But it takes steps to that. It takes steps before you get into that. And I think sometimes when we go in with that mindset, like, you know, oh, I got to meet the one. Oh, I'm hoping I meet my partner. Oh, I just can't wait to get married. And, oh, well, you know, I hope this is it. Oh, I like him already. And this is just the first day. Oh, I like the phone conversation. It's just one phone conversation. You know, you're going to like, this may be it. Oh, my goodness. You're going in with that mindset. I feel like with that mindset, you're already going in with an insecure, anxious attachment. You're already attached because you've already created this idea of your head or how you want this to go and how you're expecting it to go. You don't know anything about them yet. Everyone's on their best behavior in the beginning. So I learned, and I learned the hard way, you almost got to go in with like a, I don't care attitude. Like, you know, okay, whatever you're saying, all right, we're going to see. Or even if they're showing the actions, like, okay, keep it up. We, we'll, we'll see. Kind of look at them like that, like, okay, we'll see. And... But it's still to where you're open to getting to know them. It's like a balance. It's not being guarded. It's being open to see how they are. But it's also understanding that you have to keep on seeing how they are. And it's realizing when someone is beginning to make you anxious. And slowing yourself down. What I mean by that is like if you're anxious for when they're going to call you. When they're going to text, if you're anxious about when the next date is going to be, if you're anxious about why you haven't heard from them, if you're anxious about pleasing them, if you're anxious about them liking you, any of those things that you're noticing in your body, that means you are pretty much already at the outcome and you're hoping that you're going to get what you set out dreaming about with this person already. And so when you're getting anxious about like, who oh, hope they like me because you, I want them to like me. I want them to like me because this has to work out how I'm already planning in my head. So when you're thinking like that, you're already attached. You're already attached. So you have to go in with this mindset of we'll see. That's actually something I like to I like to tell myself in the beginning when I was when I started dating, you know, better quality people, not the toxic exes. When I really started dating, I started using the term in my head like, we'll see. I'm on the phone talking to him. I like them. Okay, check. We'll see. I like how they're talking. Okay. Because I learned not to get my hopes up so quick because I've done that before and got hurt and disappointed. So, how do you do that? How do you not join the outcome? How do you go in with this mind of, I'm going to be detached and have a we'll see attitude? How do you do that? So, that actually goes into my next one which can help with this is keeping a life for yourself, making yourself a priority always. If you're not used to doing it, I would say practice now while you're single. Like make sure you're making the real time for you. Make sure you're creating a life that you enjoy. So you don't feel like you're waiting for someone to come and like 
rescue you from your life. Like say if you feel like you're not enjoying your life or you feel like you're damaged, you feel like you're running from some healing that has to happen. You've been traumatized by life. You got some things going on. You're trying to find someone to, you know, be with to take you away from that. No. Make yourself a priority. Every bit of you. The healing. Go to a therapist or go to group meetings. Join group meetings or coach. I do I do one-on-one -on -one mindset coaching, by the way. Check link in bio. But I'm saying go to somebody for help and develop yourself. This is not only just helping you to heal, but it's also you making time for self-care. You making time for yourself. You making time to pour into yourself. Because you don't want to get into a relationship to where you're hyper-focused on what they need to change. On what they need to have fixed. And what's wrong with them. You know, you want to go in with the mindset of, I've been working on myself. So I know I'm whole and you're dating a whole person. When I feel like when you really pour into you and you become really 100% your own person, have a full life, then you can't help but look for someone with that same thing. Because you're now out of that mode of like, I want someone like me or I want someone to heal. It's like you're slowly starting to depend on yourself, which is leading you away from codependency because you're focusing on you. So doing that is just making yourself a priority in itself. You figuring you out and you building yourself up because once you build yourself up, you're not going to tolerate no mess with anyone you start dating. You're not going to be so anxious to find someone because you're going to understand that I'm at this certain level. It's going to take someone special to come to this level with me. And so once you get yourself up here and you're not dating and you're not at this low vibration and you're, and you're vibrating higher and higher, you're... Basically, your standards are going to rise too. And I say it all the time, your 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 vision changes when your self-esteem rises. Like you're no longer looking at the same type of people you thought you were attracted to before. You know, you want something different because you're different. And like for me, I noticed that really happened when I really started pouring into me. I healed much as I could on my own. From like the bad relationships, I started working on, you know, the reasons why I ended up in those toxic relationships, which was a lot of childhood trauma. I started working on all of that. And I started healing those wounds. And when I started doing that, I realized I don't feel so bad for the men out there that hadn't done their healing, if that makes sense. Because what I found myself doing before I healed, before I made myself a priority, and before I really developed my life, before I realized I had any of this to do. Like, for a long time, I didn't realize that this was something I had to do. I was just out there blindly, like, I want love, I want love. So, okay, you like me, let's go, let's try it. That's what my 20s was about. But I soon realized that I couldn't be like that because it was just making me end up with in low quality experiences with nobodies basically and so when i started to really heal i no longer was up for tolerating stuff like that i no longer was in the mindset that i wanted to heal someone i was no longer feeling sorry for the ones that needed love like that because i think when i since i felt that way about me like oh poor me i really want love i was trying to i was like dating guys that Seemed like that's what they needed. They felt damaged. Like both of my exes were totally damaged deeply. 
and I saw through all of it and I just wanted to pour love into them. And I now looking back, I realize it's I realized it's because that's what I wanted someone to do for me. And also I wanted to feel needed by them. I thought like, okay, so maybe if I make the I make myself feel needed and I thought that I had to earn love and it was about like fixing and changing them. Like I was super focused on them, not making myself a priority. When I was like that, I thought that that was love. I thought I can make them love me. I thought I can show them how good love can be that way. And so once you heal those wounds and you're making yourself a priority and you're really pouring into you and figuring you out, all of you out, it's like taking you to the next level. And once you get there, it's like your, your standards change. And so other ways you can make yourself a priority is also learning more about you, understanding you, who you are, what you like, what you want to do with your life, what dreams do you have, what goals do you have. Another big thing that I did was I started thinking about the dreams that I can make come true by myself. That means I stopped focusing so much on I want marriage, I want a child, I want a house with my husband and all of that. All of that is great, but when you think about it, you don't have much control over when that's going to happen. So why base your whole life around it? Why base your goals around it? It's okay to want that, but you basing your life around is not going to bring it any quicker to you, you know? But why not, while you wait, make a life for yourself, whatever that looks like. Find you, find yourself, find things that you like to do. Uh, make yourself a priority because I promise you. You are going to still need you even in a relationship. I think we like to think that a relationship somehow can rescue us. And when you're at that wounded state, you tend to feel like that that's what you need in order to get out of that state. And in a sense, it is what you need because you went without that more than likely during your childhood. So, of course, you're thinking that's what I need to feel good. But once you realize that you can't just get it that easily... And you can't just go out there pouring into someone to get it. You start to realize I need to pour into myself. And so, take, you know, it's, you can never pour into yourself enough. I'm going to say that. And I've been in my health relationship now for going on seven years in um, November. So that's next month. Seven years we've been together. And y'all, you definitely always need yourself you definitely always must make yourself a priority on my podcast before this one you may have saw how i was or you or the one that was about you know self-love for women like us basically you know how no 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 i take that back not that one that's a good one but not that one the one sis you may we may be the problem that one, I stated how I saw my, well now husband, but my boyfriend at the time, making himself a priority. And how I had, I guess I had these abandonment wounds into where I felt like I had to spend like every moment, every bit of my time with him. Because quality time is like my top love language and I was just like attached. And I really wanted him around all of the time. And so I started realizing that, okay, I need to make time for me as well. And I was forgetting to do that. And y'all, <laughs> little interruption. I just realized that my mic was not plugged up for like the first 17 minutes of the video. 
so it was picked up through so it's picked up through my camera so if the audio seemed like it changed that's because I just realized I had to plug up my mic because it wasn't plugged up to the camera and I'm not going to start over what I said because I said some good shit and I don't want to start it over because I forgot what I said so we're just going to keep moving along like yeah <laughs> okay so back to what I was saying I was saying how you always have to make yourself a priority even within a relationship because in the beginning of mine I was very I guess it was, you could say codependent and I was still codependent I healed from toxic relationships but that inner wounded child was still there the codependency and stuff was still there just a little more tucked away so being with him brought it out to surface and I'm like well damn so I had to work on myself and make myself a priority and even with that because you're not going to be around your partner 24 7 and it's not even healthy to be that way you need some time for yourself you need to make yourself a priority you need to still have goals for your life you need to still have things that excite you things you want to do for yourself you still have to have you and so that's why i said it's best if you're someone like us and you know we weren't always making ourselves a priority have some codependency tendencies it's best to even start now to making time for ourselves and understand that when you're in a healthy space and relationship that you too can take time away from each other and do your own things, have your own goals, and still grow collectively and together. That's something that I had to realize. Once you pick the right partner for you, you can do that. And even if you're if you're single, like making goals for yourself is only gonna just prepare you for someone that is the best for you and have a higher quality experience. So I can't stress to you enough that. You have to keep yourself a priority and that means when you're first dating don't be counseling plans that you had already don't shift your schedule schedule around for them if you've just met them you're getting to know them no you still keep your goals you still keep what you got going for you you still keep your schedule you still do what you don't don't start there doing that you should not be doing that it's okay to make time for someone but don't compromise so much to where you're finding yourself just making all room for them, all time for them. You're being too available. Well, I don't like to say too available because it's not a, maybe it is a such thing as that. But because I don't want to sound like, oh, you should be cold hearted. You should be distant or avoidant, but you should still keep your same schedule, your same Whatever you got going for you, keep yourself your a priority. And that relationship and building it is second. Because if you just spend all your time on that other person, that relationship, you lose yourself that way. And you do not want to lose yourself, girlfriend. So always keep yourself a priority. That's how you dick like a bad bitch. <laughs> okay. And next. Figure out your standards and boundaries. This might sound crazy, but I don't want to say it might sound crazy. What kind of what you talking about? That's not what I'm. This may, well, for me, I put it this way. For me, I didn't have any standards and boundaries at first. I didn't learn that I needed those until after the toxic relationships of all through my 20s. I was like, I 
never really set any standards or had any boundaries for myself. I didn't really, because I didn't really know me or know what I wanted. I just knew that I wanted love. And that's all my main focus was, was just being love and giving love, earning love and all of that. And so I didn't have any other standard outside of that, but just that it's someone that I'm attracted to and they like me. There we go. And I thought the rest we could make do. <laughs> and so I find that a lot of women like me, like us, we tend to have been that way. A lot of the women I've coached have been that way. They didn't really know themselves then. So now's the time to when you're healing after that is to realize that, okay, I need to add some standards and boundaries to my list. And what you can do as you're dating more and more is that list should grow. If it didn't work out with them, okay, you can put another standard in it. Like, okay, I, I really need someone that's like this. And it's discovering like what you need. That's ultimately what this is doing. Like you can't ask for someone to meet your needs if you don't even know what your needs are. And you you know you got to know what your love languages are, how you want to be loved, how you how love is expressed to you, what do you need, what boundaries do you have. Once you understand that, then you can communicate that or look for that in someone that you're dating. So it's very very important to take the time to realize that so that you have like some insight when you're going out there dating. You know what you're looking for, and when you know what you're looking for, that means you actually are spending time looking for it in that person instead of attaching to an outcome. So, for example, what I'm saying is that if you know you have a standard of how you like to be treated, you know you have a standard of how close you want to get with someone, you want someone that's emotionally available, you know you have all these things, that means when you're dating, you're trying to see, can they meet my standards? Can they be as close to me as I would want? Can they actually talk? Are they actually being consistent like I need? So you're paying attention for these things versus just sitting there like, okay, whatever. Okay, they look good. Okay, and they, you know, have a good job. Okay, you know, you're actually sitting here and you're dating and you're focused on if they can meet those standards versus you also trying to be someone they like. You're paying more attention to, okay, do I like them? What kind of, you know, person are they? How are they being? Is this someone that can be in my life and add to my life? So once you have that list of standards and boundaries, you're dating with, you know, a clear head, basically. And you're not so much going out there with just kind of winging it or going out there just whatever feels good. Or you're just going out there trying to get wounds filled. Because sometimes when we have those wounds, like you can, you can date with wounds. I'm a, I'm explaining it in a minute because it goes right into my next tip. Because some wounds are cut and hurt so deeply that you can do some healing on your own, but you may need, you know, a safe relationship to or space to finish doing more of that because you're going to be healing the rest of your life. Just letting you know. It gets easier, but it's always something you're going to have to be made self-aware of about yourself and grow. And then a interpersonal, healthy relationship, you realize that. And so what I mean is that... I was dating with wounds. I was dating with an inner wounded child that just really wanted to be loved. Now, me pouring into myself did help with the self-love part, but that didn't take away that I still wanted a healthy partner. I wanted someone. And I feel like it was also some other wounds there. Like, I'll admit, I still was a bit anxious dating, but I learned to just kind of keep that tucked away because I realized that 
I still had a job to do, so to speak. I still had to make sure these, this person can meet my standards and that they would respect my boundaries and whatnot. And so I, I went in with that first, that mindset at the top of my head of that's how I'm going to date. Even though I knew I had some inner wounding that I was still kind of working on. But I wasn't leading with that, you know? And so, but that's another podcast of how I healed within a relationship. Actually, you can listen to the podcast before this one and I talk about it. But going into acknowledging the second, I'm not the second, I'm off. I don't know what tip this is. But the next tip is acknowledge and work on any wounds or inner child wounds because your inner child will run the show if you are not addressing the wounds that she has if you are not addressing how that's feeling so if you're kind of new to that you may not understand exactly what an inner wounded child is i'm going to explain it to you the best that i can it's basically any wounding you received during your childhood any traumatic experiences from your childhood that you actually felt and and got from your childhood it can also be in the teenage years i know some people had decent upbringings but they had a really rough time in high school and if you really had a rough time in high school with fitting in belonging or feeling like you know good about yourself and you didn't have anyone to go to to talk about those feelings that means you internalized it the best that you could and made and processed it the best way you could which probably resulted in you having an inner wound itself and so when you have those wounds, especially if it's deep childhood wounds from maybe you wasn't emotionally close to your parents, like you wanted, didn't get enough support, enough love, enough affirmations, you didn't get enough validation, anything that you were missing and you were wounded by it as a child, you took that wound because as a child, you don't understand, you know, why you're being treated that way, but you just take it and internalize it as like, okay, I don't feel good about myself and you start feeling bad about yourself because you're a child. You don't know any other way to take it. So you're taking it on emotionally. So that's why I say inner wounded child. And so I didn't really realize I had an inner, inner wounded child to, to really like a few years ago. And I definitely didn't notice that this what was going on when I was dating the toxic exes that I had an inner wounded child. A lot of us may have it make half one and don't realize it and have to work on those wounds and so what will happen i'm going to explain this as best as i can and paint the story like i can best as i can because this is important all right so what will happen is that when you date you will find yourself basically your inner child will be running the show because she is only concerned with healing her wounds. She's only concerned with, you know, filling the empty spots from what happened. And so they're out, look, she's out looking for, you know, debt only. So back to what I was saying about how I didn't have standards and boundaries. My only thing I wanted was to be loved. And what just so happened, my parents made me feel like love was conditional, made me feel like it had to be earned because they were emotionally distant, emotionally unstable. And it was a lot of ups and downs in the household. I never really knew what was going to be. I never really knew if I was going to get loved that day or not. Mostly I did not. And so that right there programmed me. And so when I would like 
watch romantic movies on TV or watch videos to R&B love songs back then to where someone's being loved. I'm like, that looks nice. I want that. And so I knew I wasn't getting that love I needed. I didn't know how to describe it as a child, but I remember feeling like I just really, really want love. I just really, really wanted, I don't know, to be, yeah, to be loved, basically. I knew something was missing, but I didn't really know that it was because my parents wasn't giving it to me. I just knew something was missing, but I thought that what they were showing me was normal. But I knew something was missing. That makes sense. And so what happens is that I got older and went out into the world basically only looking for that. Looking for just somebody to act like they love me. And so that means they left me open to a lot of love bombing. And so leave me open to someone being, you know, kind at first, saying all these good things. And most of them really didn't have the actions to back it up. But I would kind of like rationalize it. Well, at least they're showing me attention. At least they they are attractive. At least they act like they like me. Someone like them hadn't liked me. So I'm like, well, you know, I could just try to make it work. And I'm willing to make it work. And, you know, because I thought it was normal. I thought it was normal to be... Loved and consistently like that. And so when you're just only wanting love, it's like you're blinded. That's all you want. You're not studying any standards or boundaries, none of that. You're not studying any anything that's going to make it a high quality experience. You're not really looking for that. And so when you start acknowledging what's going on with your inner wounded child, you can start to kind of like soothe her, calm her down, and... You know, don't put her in any more experiences. It's just going to hurt her, although you think it's going to make it better. And so it's starting to think like with your higher self. And when you do that, then it's like you're addressing any wounds she may have. And you're not, you know, positioning yourself to where you're actually just looking for those wounds to be filled, you know. Because it's not about relationships can't do that for you. That's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like relationships are not going to heal you not they can provide a health a healthy safe space for you to do that in if you have a partner that's patient and can provide the space but you cannot look for a relationship for that particular thing that's not why you set out to like okay i want to be healed i need someone to come feel these wounds no you still have to be a partner as well you know because no one is your therapist and it's kind of like the same thing when we were dating those toxic exes. Like, y'all, you know, we was trying to heal them and you're not their therapist. No one's your therapist either. And so acknowledging the inner wounded child and whatnot, start that now, you know, because you can kind of like control it and say, okay, we can't just be out here trying to get these wounds rubbed, girlfriend, because... It's making us fall for people that just want to take advantage of us and our vulnerability. And it's not fair. So, yeah. That's why I say it's important. Because people will take advantage of that part of you. Especially narcissists or immature people, toxic people. You'll find yourself falling for stuff like that. And so once you kind of like calm her down and you start leading the show with your adult self. Then, you know. You may can end up in a healthy space, healthy relationship to where you can do some more healing in that. And check out, check out really the podcast before this one. The one on, um, sis sometimes with a problem. I really talk about that on there. 
I feel like these two kind of run together. So I guess it's good I did it right after that. So some more things to do with detached dating. Don't attempt to prove your worth. Or if you find yourself doing things for the validation or approval, stop right away. So <sighs> I got tricked into this. A couple of times spent doing the, doing the times of my toxic relationships and to prove my worth and it's like I feel like we be knowing our worth I feel like we do because why else would, would we be trying to prove ourselves so hard it's like we just want get them to see it because it's like I know I could be the one for you if you could just see my worth like why don't you see it so we're taking it personal so the moment you feel like that you have to do that, that you feel like you're proving yourself to them or you feel like you're trying to kind of go out your way, stop. Because it's like they're never going to see it. Never. You just have to let them miss out. As simple as that. And it's, and I think it's because of the inner wounded child. Once again, it's like we don't know how to accept that. It's like we feel a direct hit. Because we already kind of feel like we may be worthless or we may not have, we may not really know our worth and we're working on that. But to have someone to not see what we are trying to see in ourselves and it's like a direct hit, like, you don't think I'm special too? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm a good woman. Just let me show you. Like, mm -mm. because what I find is that it's not they date, it's not that they don't know your worth, they don't value it. And if they're not valuing that, that means they may not be ready for that. It means they may, they may not be able to show up for you how you need because of who they are. So it's never really about you not being good enough, although it can feel like that. I think we internalize that as a, as a, our, as a us problem, but it's not. It's really a them problem. It's really a mismatch. It's really incom incompatibility. But we're taking it is that it's something deeper, but it's not. And so, even though you may really like this person, that's usually what it is, too. You really like somebody, and you really want this person you like to like you back, and they're acting like they're not, so you're trying to prove yourself like, you should like me because of this. You should like me because of this, you know? And so, no. Don't do it. Don't fall into that trap. Mm-mm. Detached dating, boo-boo. Date like a bad bitch. <laughs> Something else that helped is... Really carrying carrying yourself like you feel like you are. Like, really tap into what makes you feel good about you. And do more of that. Like, example for me, what makes me feel really good about myself is my personal work that I do. The creativity behind the work that I do. I love keeping myself up. I love clothes and how they look on me. I love, you know, putting looks together. So I do that for me. I love, you know, doing my hair, makeup, nails, y'all, everything. I love looking put together. That makes me feel really good about myself and, like, confident. And so it's really pouring into your confidence. The more confident you feel, then the higher your vibration and you realize that I have a different selection of people to pick from. Like, you know, I have... I have worth, so I, I deserve to choose from this category of so, of people that's like at this level, you know? And so it's like you're pouring more into yourself and you're not really settling for bare minimum, so to speak. So, yeah, really treat yourself like, 
Like you're the shit basically, you know? And it's like you have to get to this point too where you realize you are too good for some things. That was my problem. It's like, oh, it was them to like pick me behavior. I had this habit of like, oh, it's okay if, you know, he doesn't have this. Or, oh, it's okay if I don't hear from him often. Or what else? Dumb shit. Or, oh, it's okay if he has a lot of kids. And <laughs> let me stop because... I ain't trying to be controversial, but if it is, it is. I'm just saying. It's like, it's okay if someone has a lot of kids, but I'm saying it's not okay for you to not look at how it's going to affect you. This <laughs> is what I'm saying. Because I'm like, I was just like, oh, it's okay. We can still be, you know. Like, I felt like I had to pick from just, like, I couldn't have standards or, like, I couldn't have, no. I just remember when I was like that. And so once you start really building yourself up, you start to realize, okay, yeah, it's okay to be a little, I don't want to say picky. It's okay to have standards. It's okay to name something that you feel like is, it's okay to feel like you're too good for something. I put it that way. It's okay to be like that because you want the best experience for you. You want someone that is for you. So you have to start looking at yourself that way. And so once I started kind of building me up, I started realizing that, okay, yes, I want someone that I know can treat me well. I want someone that has this, that, and that. I want someone that has the ambition I'm looking for. I want someone, all of that. I want someone I preferably that doesn't have any kids. I want some, because I want to, you know, us to have our first kid. I didn't want to come in with that baggage because I know I was going to do with that. I already have been through that with an ex that had like nine kids. So, you know, as you go through it, your standards start to rise. And it's okay for you to hold yourself to the highest priority. Well, not highest priority. It's okay to hold yourself to the highest standards, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's okay to think highly of yourself. Start doing that. That's how you date like a bad bitch. <laughs> That's really all I got for this one is like you, you're overall you're just not attaching until someone has shown you that they can be consistent. And I guess to further explain the detached dating before I go, actually, I just thought I explained a little bit again, but detached dating, I don't, you know, it's to where you are waiting till you can securely attach. I put it that way because it's okay to attach yourself because, you know, your partner is going to be an attachment figure in your life. It's just, that's kind of like why you heal more in a relationship because it's an attachment figure and your parents were your first attachment figures. So it's kind of like, that's someone that is it's close to your original attachment figure. And so what you're doing is you are learning to securely attach and not attach prematurely, not attach anxiously, not having an insecure attachment because y'all, I really, really, really feel like some of it has to do with us, but a lot of it has to do with the type of people that we may be choosing and connecting with. We may be choosing someone that's just not really for us, but we're trying to make them for us. There are people out there that are avoidant, people out there that can make you anxious, people out there because of like how they live their life or the choices they make, they can make you anxious. And it's not saying necessarily it's their fault, but it's how you're responding to it. So that's not your person. 
You can't make someone be your person because you like some aspects of them. If they overall make you feel anxious, don't make you really feel good, make you feel like you can't learn to trust them, then move it along. Now, I can't say this. Sometimes it could be just all you. And sadly, you may find that out in the relationship, but you may not find that out after you leave that, okay, I think that was just all me. Like, I need to work on some trust issues. So, you, like... Either way it goes, you're meeting someone that's at a time in your life which you're not really prepared for and ready for. But if you don't learn within that relationship, you'll learn after it. And that's okay. Relationships are experiences. Keep that in mind. That's also how you, you know, can date, detach. Like you may not end up with the one, but you'll end up with a new lesson. That's getting you closer to the person for you. So, yeah, I will say that it's like... You may not really realize some things to after, or you may realize within. So that's what I'm look out for. Okay. But yeah, that's really all I got. I mean, I think I gave enough personal stories. Like, I feel like when I met my now husband, yeah, it was because of the detachment, I, how I dated. That's actually on that bonus episode. I had a bonus episode I recorded. I should. Re I, Damn it, I don't announce it. And I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna release it before or after this. But <laughs> look for an episode that's gonna be about basically why breakups wound us so deeply and how to date with a healed inner child basically all in one. And it's gonna include that in there, how I kinda like was dating detached when meeting my husband because I was like at that point of like I had to have my own back. And yeah, it's more into it on that. So, but that's all I got for this podcast episode. Until the next one, peace out.